6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, the discovery of a newborn in a northeast Edmonton apartment building on Sunday has has shocked the tenants of that apartment building. I think really shocked a lot of Edmontonians. Uh, James Cook, who lives in the apartment, discovered the baby girl in the laundry room on the fourth floor. Doesn't understand why a baby would be left all alone. Shock and disbelief because nobody can understand how anybody could do this. I don't understand it. You know, I have children of my own. They're grown up, and so I really don't know what to think. Well, police received uh, a report on Sunday afternoon that the little girl was found unattended. They're now looking for their baby, for the baby's mother, noting, you know, some big concerns about the health and well-being of the parent, the baby, just a, a few days old. Uh, the baby is is doing just fine. Um, you know, there's, as I mentioned, lots of concerns about about the mother right now. Newborn abandonment is a reality. It does happen, and it does happen here in Edmonton, and it's one of the reasons Covenant Health brought in the Angel Cradle Service as a last, uh, last option for individuals, and they put that in place back in 2013. Gordon Self is the Chief Mission and Ethics Officer with Covenant Health. Gordon and welcome back to the show. Yeah, hi, Jalen. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's it's nice to talk with you again. And I thought it really important that Edmontonians and uh, people listening across the region knew uh, about this program. It had it has been, I think, about seven years since we talked last. And maybe you can give us a little bit of, of history on on Angel Cradles and 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 their use through the years. Well, it actually, it's got a long history uh, going back to, I think, uh, the 12th or 11th century um, where what was known as foundling wheels were established on the sides of churches where where a baby could be left safely and anonymously and and under the care of nuns that would um, assume care for the the newborn. And in many respects, uh, our newborn safe havens are sort of premise on the the same concept uh they came into being because we um after st paul's hospital in vancouver developed the first in canada uh we asked ourselves and reflecting on our own clinical experience uh whether there was such a need and and i was actually quite surprised that there's a consensus opinion amongst our physicians our obstetricians social workers, et cetera, and we kind of recounted some of the instances. As you said, leading up uh, in, in starting at the top of this piece here, newborn uh, abandonment does occur. And, um, and so we decided let's, uh, let's have as uh, a way of augmenting the existing safety net a uh, last resort option so that if a person in a moment of desperation maybe um, uh, pressured or feels that there's nowhere to turn that at least there's an option that the babies can be left and at least it can be left safely there are two angel cradles in edmonton one at uh, the gray nuns and one at the at the misericordia um so one in millwoods one in west edmonton um in the history of uh, the service in edmonton how many times has it been used it's been used once uh, in the latter half of 2017, it was used as it was intended, and 
uh, a newborn uh, was left at the Grey Nuns. We we reported on that, not at the time it had occurred, but uh, within months of that uh, successful um, uh, infant being, like with the baby being left there successfully, there's a tragic story coming out of Calgary on Christmas Eve where a newborn had um, had had um, died as a result of being left in an unsafe uh, setting. And that, as always, prompts a lot of media interest. So we had committed that if we were ever asked, we would disclose if the baby had been left with us. And so that's when we went public with that. Gordon, can you can you explain how how the the cradles how how it works? Where would one find them, and and what happens after a baby is left there? Can you take us through that process? Sure. Okay, Jillian. Um They're both located on the uh, outside of our emergency departments, uh, in a somewhat discreet location. They're they're well lit. It's a glass door at sort of about shoulder height or just above shoulder height and it's identified as the angel cradle with instructions on its use. Um, it's simply the door, the small glass door, just has to be pulled open. There's a lever, hand, handle lever uh, and once that door is open uh, you will see a bassinet inside with a blanket and a teddy bear and some instructions for the parent that may be leaving the, the infant. Um, once that baby's placed in the bassinet and the door is closed, the door is locked. It cannot be reopened from the outside. And it trips a silent 60-second uh, delayed alarm uh, that, uh, that essentially allows the, the person leaving the newborn to leave. And because we want to maintain the anonymity, we don't, we don't want that to be a barrier. Once that, that 60-second 60 60 lapse, the alarm uh, rings within the triage department of our emergency departments, and then our staff uh, immediately retrieved the, the newborn. So it's only a 60-second delay. And they're tested for their operational readiness uh, three times a day at the beginning of each eight-hour shift. So we want to make sure it's always available for that one instance when it may make a difference between life and death. So once the baby is left, the hospital does not try to find uh, the parent and, you know, I guess the, a phone call is made to Children's Services to, um, you know, put the baby in, in their care? Exactly. And then we would uh, immediately, the baby's assessed. And yeah. as long as there's no instances or, or any evidence, pardon me, of harm, uh, then normal processes just kick in. Child and family services uh, apprehends and assumes custody of the newborn. The newborn is admitted to the neonatology unit where it's continuously uh, evaluated and monitored. And then uh, and from there, then Child and Family Services would see that it's placed within, you know, in a foster home until long-term arrangements may be made. And all we're really doing is managing a gap because nothing could, nothing precludes that person leaving the newborn from coming forward. Um, and so they may, you know, maybe in a moment of desperation, there's nowhere to turn. We might make a decision that we may regret later. Uh, and whether whether the parent ever comes forward or not, at least the baby's safe. And that's what we're trying to do. So it's really premised on a harm reduction sort of strategy. 
Yeah, and what about, you know, for instance, if if whomever is, is leaving the baby, puts the baby in the cradle, uh, but needs help themselves, I mean, um, you know, I guess, you know, uh, they might be worried about walking into ER with the timing of, of everything and how that might unfold, but they could very well be in, in need of some some serious help on their own. What what happens on, on that front? Absolutely, and, and as you said, it's because of this story we don't know what may be going on for that mom and that's a person who's vulnerable who needs help and that's why we've always you know we've never said it's about numbers it's been used once so we're very happy that that occurred and it made a difference but if it's never used again that's fine we're always happy to sort of uh, contribute to this public message that if your listeners uh, are aware of or they themselves may be in a vulnerable situation, they may be in a home setting where domestic violence may be uh, you know, uh, operative or the person feels there's nowhere to turn and they may have some perceived barrier from getting the necessary obstetrical prenatal care and they also the wraparound support services. So yeah. we want people to come forward. And again, sometimes it could be a teen hiding their pregnancy. Uh, it could, we've had people present in labor, not realizing that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's many, we don't understand why people uh, may hide their pregnancy, whether even consciously to themselves or not. And um, and so the more that we raise awareness and ensure that there's good, you know, pro- uh, communicate that message that there's excellent services out there that are there to provide the necessary interventions without judgment, and um, and uh, and so that's why we always say this is uh, a way of augmenting the existing safety net. But there's there's a whole continuum of services that we want people to to make themselves uh, to to avail themselves of. Absolutely. Gordon Self is the Chief Mission and Ethics Officer with Covenant Health. We're talking about uh, the angel cradles that are at two Edmonton hospitals, at the Grey Nuns and at the Miz. Um, Gordon, you, you mentioned that one time that it's been used back in 2017. And I know, of course, confidentiality is, you know, of, of utmost, but I, I'm wondering... You know, when that happened, and I, I'm not sure what you can tell me or what you're able to tell me, Gordon, and that's that's absolutely fine. But, you know, I, I'm curious to know about when that that alarm went off at the Grey Nuns that day. Um, did, did you have an opportunity to speak with um, the, 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 the people who, you know, opened the door, found the, the baby there? And I'm wondering because I'm wondering about their mental health as well and decompression from, from that and experiencing, you know, you know, that as well. I mean, opening a door and, and finding this baby there. Well, we, they're, these are professionals and I'm very proud of our clinical staff and that's why we tested every day for that one yeah. instance where it may occur but when it's like anything you you prepare and you prepare and then all of a sudden when it occurs just a whole different reality kicks in but they they are used to this is the emergency mm-hmm. staff they are True. so well trained to uh, provide that timely intervention uh, no matter what. So they were uh, obviously excited and it's 
uh, 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 it was a positive outcome. And you're right, I'm not going to identify the, the yeah. gender. All I can say is that it was the, the newborn was healthy um, and, and indeed was a newborn, um, you know, from our clinical assessment within a couple days. Um, and so this was, uh, we were very happy. And then once we've had that one experience, it just sort of just uh, makes it very real for us. And it yeah. just kind of uh, strengthened our resolve to ensure that they continue. So, for example, Jaylen, with our, we're having a new uh, emergency department uh, being built at the Miz, and we already, and so that that's under construction as we speak. But we already have, as part of that new uh, footprint, the new emergency uh, department uh, a location for the new. Uh, newborn safe haven, the angel cradle. So we're committed to this. And there's also, from time to time, uh, people across the country that will contact us uh, to um, one of our colleagues in Vancouver, Dr. Jeff Cundiff. Uh, we're often consulted about um, the interest at the local level about establishing. And so we always, yeah. you know, we're very transparent. We talk about our experience and what went into that, and we would support that. Gordon, before I let you go, I just want to cycle back uh, around to something that has been brought up a couple of times. I know that clip that I play, played off the top, you know, that one fellow saying doesn't understand why, how anyone could leave, you know, a baby. And I think I think one of the things that is that is really important is uh, being non-judgmental in, 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 in any case uh, like this, that we don't, again, we don't know what uh, is going on. We don't know the situation that uh that they are are in and 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 and, and just ensuring the health of the baby and and hopefully the mom when, when she can be found has got to be the priority absolutely I, I i i fully agree with that and and again we don't understand the unique context of what might be going on in a person's life in their mind at that moment um, you know, the, they may be under threat, who knows? But I would look at it this way, and I suggest that maybe a way of thinking about it is that um, certainly when people have made use of a newborn safe haven, like an angel cradle, and they're, they exist in, in, the, in Europe, for example, as well as here in Canada, I would look at it that that parent may be making a loving choice Mm-hmm. Rather than leaving a newborn somewhere that's, you know, in a back alley or a dumpster, that they're making that conscious choice to leave their newborn in a, in a where it's, the baby will be safe. Now, in this instance, it's been, you know, we can, what just occurred in Edmonton, we can only speculate. We don't understand. Mm-hmm. And until that full story comes out, you know, I think it's important that we just try to, um, you know, communicate our best wishes and, and hope that the authorities are pleased that who are who are excellent in their work are able to locate this person and, and see that the individual gets the help that they need. Gordon Self joining me this afternoon. Gordon, I always appreciate our conversations. Thank you for, for joining us this afternoon. It was nice to talk with you again. Likewise, Jalen. Good talking to you and I look forward to it another time. 
take care now. Gordon Self, the chief mission and ethics officer with Covenant Health, where, um, you know, two angel cradles and uh, are, are in Edmonton, one at Great Nuns, one at the Miz, where, you know, people, um, parents, uh, mom, whoever, guardian can, can leave uh, a baby and um, in a safe spot.